Hello and welcome to the How BJJ Works podcast, the podcast where we do a deep dive and explore a concept or topic that was covered in the weekly blog post on the website. My name is Justin and I am your host. I'm a three-stripe purple belt who's been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about seven years. This podcast is mostly targeted at newcomers to BJJ or those who are curious about the sport and would like to learn more before taking the plunge. That being said, all are welcome. And if you've been training for a while but just like to listen to people talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, please take a seat and stay a while. Today's podcast is going to be on BJJ matches. Recently had some good questions regarding how do you start a match, what's the expectation, how hard should I be going, what's the difference between rolling, sparring, and a match. We're going to cover all those things. But before we get started, I wanted to let you all know that I just got accepted as an affiliate for the MMA Warehouse site. Uh, So I'm pretty excited about that, and I'm going to have... A new section on the website soon um, called shop or gear or something like that of course we're going to have geese and all that good stuff but if there's anything in particular you want to see uh, let me know because sometimes they'll be sending out some kind of specials or you know x percent off when you click through on an affiliate link and if there's something you want to see there it's a good way for you to get a good deal on the something that you are looking for And it's a good way for me to get a good deal as well. So everybody wins, and I would love it if you could uh, use my site for that. But I don't just want to have random stuff up there that no one's actually ever going to be interested in. So if there's something in particular, just aside from most geese and compression shorts and rash guards and that kind of stuff, let me know and I'll throw it on there. All right, so diving into the episode, we're going to talk about, first of all, differences between rolling, sparring, matches. We're going to talk about understanding the context of the roles and how that changes. We're going to talk about establishing how to start the match, and then we're going to talk about actually beginning the match. So when it comes to rolling, sparring, matches, etc., rolling and sparring are pretty much the same thing. One way that you could think about it would be to consider rolling kind of the top level, the more general concept, and then within that you would have positional rolling, you would have sparring. So maybe sparring is a bit more intense, you're going with more intensity, more resistance. Positional rolling may or may not be, depends on when you communicate what the coach wants you to work on, but you would just be within a specific position. You wouldn't be necessarily looking for submissions, although you might be as well. And then match, some kind of competition match, or something like that within the gym or within a competition or a tournament, that would then be kind of another subset of that. Generally going to be more intense, more resistance. Something's probably on the line. Depending on the, the rule set, there may or may not be certain things allowed, but each one kind of falls within that rolling context. One thing to note is that this is just the way that I kind of think about it in my head of that hierarchy and the uh, kind of rolling being the umbrella term and everything kind of falling within that. Other people are going to have different ideas on what these things mean, and this should be a very good takeaway for you that can apply to pretty much any level of grappler, is that you should always communicate and make sure everyone is always on the same page. So if you're rolling with someone that you've never rolled before, maybe, you know, just set a few ground rules or or kind of just confirm the ground rules, right? If you hop on Reddit, you'll see story after story 
of people talking about getting injured or they went with some spazzy guy. He was going way too hard. It was really awkward. They didn't know what was going on. The first thing you should probably do is just, you know, how hard do you want to go? You're going to have some context clues and we're going to get into that. But if you're in a sparring section of the class structure, then you're probably going to go harder than if you're maybe working on a positional role as part of maybe the drill the drilling section of the class structure. So each one of these things is going to have a different kind of default intensity based on the gym you're at. That's going to differ from gym to gym. So part of it is kind of know your surroundings, know the people you're rolling with, know how hard you should be going. But if there's ever any kind of certain uncertainty, then you should be clarifying. You should be asking the instructor or you should be asking your training partner you should be figuring it out. And if you're going to be working on something outside of the default, outside of the norm, then you should be communicating that as well. And a good example of that would be if you're injured and you're just kind of favoring one side of your body or something like that, always communicate that to your training partner. If you want to work stand-up, you want to, you know, you want to work your takedowns, let your training partner know. If you want to uh, work on a specific submission, that maybe your training partner might not be aware of or might not be familiar with, you know, maybe let them know about that. Heel hooks are a great example. There's a lot of gyms out there that don't want white belts training heel hooks. It differs from gym to gym, but you don't just want to slap on a heel hook uh, without kind of talking about that first, especially if you're at an open mat or dropping in at a new gym or just with a training partner that you've never done heel hooks with before. So those are all different examples of kind of what we're talking about. And I think that's a really good lead in for that understanding the context of the role. And I'm going to break it down into four different parts here. So you essentially have your new training partners, somebody you've never trained with before. Uh, in the example we just used, maybe you're at an open mat, maybe you're at a new gym, whatever the case is. If you've never trained with this person before, probably going to want to be very communicative with this person just so that everyone's on the same page. The second type of training partner would be a regular training partner. So maybe you have a home gym you've been going to for some time. You see the same people every night or every week or however often you're able to go. And you've rolled with these people before over and over again. You're very familiar with each other's games. You know how comfortable you can be with each other in terms of going for specific uh, submissions or going at certain intensities. Usually over time, these regular training partners, you can kind of ramp up the intensity and still be safe in those training environments. Third type would be competition training partners. So these are your regular training partners, but they're people who you are so comfortable with that you go a very high level of intensity and you can keep each other safe and you trust each other even when competing or even when preparing for competitions, they allow you to work on and mimic the intensity and the insanity that is a competition match, but also while keeping it as safe as possible. These are very valuable training partners. And then the fourth would be your competition match opponents. So these are actually going to be the people that aren't necessarily your training partners in the traditional sense you're not really having a partnership <laughs> that you regularly see each other but they are still kind of your training partners because you're going to be learning a lot from these people that you compete against and if you are a regular competitor in the local scene 
then you're probably going to be competing against the same people repeatedly, for better or for worse. But you're probably going to be approaching each of these roles, each of these sparring sessions, these matches, with each of these four different types of training partners a little bit differently. So again, you've got the new, the regular, competition training partners, and then the competition match opponents. Some tips on how to know how to rule against each of these people. As a baseline, you can kind of assume that if the person is bigger than you, you should be probably giving more pressure. If the person is smaller, you should be giving less pressure. If the person is more experienced, then you should be bringing your A game. And if the person is less experienced, then you should probably be working on not your A game, your B game or C game, the techniques that you're not quite as good at. Of course, during a competition setting, you're going to be ramping up the intensity. You're going to be looking to win. You're not worried about this person's safety. That's the ref's job. So there's a lot that goes into the context of each role and kind of what determines the intensity, what determines what submissions you're going to be going for, what positions you're going to be playing. There's so many different variables that can be considered here, but we're going to keep this episode pretty high level, and so we're going to move on to the next section, which is establishing how to start the match. So, again, depending on the context, you're going to have some kind of basic default ways that this will happen. If you're just at your gym or an open mat, or during sparring, or just doing some rolls with some friends, you're going to probably either be starting from standing on the knees, or one or both of you will be sitting down. If it's a casual context, then it doesn't really matter, just kind of whatever each person wants to do. If it's a more competitive context, you're probably going to be starting from standing in order to mimic the way that a competition would start. And if it is an actual competition, then you're definitely going to be starting from standing. Even if you choose to pull guard, typically competitions start from that position. Some people who are new to the sport may wonder, why do people start from sitting? And usually that has to do with just keeping safe. Uh, typically, when you start from standing, the possibility for injury when it comes to takedowns definitely increases. And especially when people don't really know how to play takedowns, how to play from standing, that can be even more dangerous when they don't know how to take a fall or what to do in specific situations, whether it's getting thrown with a judo technique and not knowing how to break fall or whether that's getting dumped on their head <laughs> from a suplex by a guy who's really good at wrestling and not really knowing how to tuck their chin or kind of move to not get injured in those situations. So even though everyone should, at some point, be working on their takedown game, it's not necessarily something that you want to work on every single time that you start a roll, and that's a lot of times why somebody usually will just sit down, you'll have one person kind of standing or from their knees, and one person sitting down, or maybe both people start from their knees. Additionally, you can kind of work on your takedowns to a certain extent, when both players are starting from their knees, you can kind of mimic some of the tie-ups, some of the knee taps, the ankle picks, some of those movement, the push and pull, the arm drags. You can kind of mimic some of that stuff that you might do from actual standing when both players are on their knees, and it's a little more safe. And so you can get some of those concepts, the grip breaks, all that stuff. You can kind of work on those things on your knees, but if somebody does get you know thrown or taken down, 
you're, you're falling less distance. And so it's going to be a bit safer way to practice that, especially for people who aren't as familiar with the takedown game. Another thing to note is if you're working on your guard, or guard retention, guard recovery, something like that, you may want to sit and have your opponent start from standing and have them just work on passing your guard. Alternately, you may want to start standing and have your opponent be sitting and, and work on passing their guard if you're just working on guard passing. So there's a, a lot of different ways and a lot of different reasons that you might start from these different positions, especially if it's just sparring at your gym. When you're out at an open mat, you know, you may want to kind of see what other people want to work. You can always be that person who says, you know, where do you want to start from? Or you can tell them, here's where I would like to start from, if that's okay. If you're at a competition, obviously they're going to start you from standing. Moving on to the next section, number three, on how to actually begin the match. Typically, you're going to touch hands in some way to signify that the match is starting. Usually, that is one person kind of reaching out to start that. They'll maybe fist bump or slap or high five or whatever. Not always. If you're with a regular training partner and you've kind of set the expectation that that isn't going to happen, then that's fine. And really, you don't have to do this. It's just kind of seen as good sportsmanship. And it becomes a little bit more important when you're in a competition, when you're kind of in the gym, um, just playing around or drilling or sparring with your regular training partners. You know, it's probably a good thing to do just to kind of let them know that, hey, we're starting. So no one's kind of taken by surprise because, you know, that's kind of a dick move and you don't want to be that person. It becomes a bit more important, though, when you're out in an open mat and you're kind of representing your gym and you're just being a bit more uh, friendly and sportsman, sportsman, sportsman-y, showing more sportsmanship, whatever it is, you're showing more sportsmanship and it's just always a very clear start to the match before you get started trying to simulate murder. Additionally, in the competition, like we mentioned, even more important there, usually the ref will have you shake hands before and or after the match, but you can also opt to kind of do the fist bump or the touch. You see this in UFC, guys will kind of reach out uh, at a safe distance to see if the other person reaches out to. That's a really good way of doing it, being very safe, because if somebody doesn't want to reciprocate that and they don't have to, there's nothing in the rule saying they do, they can just arm drag you, you know, or they can try to use that gesture um, to get an advantage on you. So even when you are being the sportsman and you are showing that good sportsmanship, always be aware of the fact that not everybody may want to do that as well. So always keep yourself safe. Always expect the worst, but hope for the best. And just don't be a dick out there, okay? Be a good person. So that pretty much wraps up what I wanted to talk about today regarding matches, rolling, and sparring. But I wanted to provide a little bonus info uh, since we were talking about competition here at the last part. And what I wanted to talk about was some of the etiquette that goes into competing. Now, this stuff isn't 100% necessary, but it will reflect really good on you and your gym, and it'll show that you have good sportsmanship, and that you're following a lot of the kind of mat etiquette and competitions, if that's your thing. So the first thing you should do, once you know that it's your turn to step out onto the mat and 
have your match, the first thing you should do is be at the edge of the mat and be looking towards the ref. They will generally indicate, using hand motion of some kind, for you to step out. Now, maybe at a kind of less traditional or less organized tournament, this may not always be the case. And so just kind of be looking for the cues. Um, if they aren't making that motion and they're just kind of looking at you expectantly, then you know maybe that's your cue to step on the mat as well. At this point, you're going to bow generally to the ref and before you step onto the mat, and then you're going to walk towards the ref, and usually you're going to move to the place where he indicates you. Typically, he's going to have one person on one side of him and one on the other. You may even be given something to wear to signify a way to differentiate you two for points, and it might be a different colored belt. It might be something to wear in your ankle. Whatever it is, you'll put it on at that point, and then they'll probably position you to either side and you'll just pay attention to which side they want you to stand on. It's also possible that you were given that thing to wear to differentiate you uh, before you went on, onto the mat. If that's the case, then you'll just walk out onto the mat, shake hands with the ref, and then walk to that point that he's positioning you to. Usually at that point, you will reach out and shake hands with your opponent. The ref will typically ask you to do so, or give you the option. And then they're going to have you step away from each other, and start the match usually with a hand signal and by saying something like fight or wrestle or start or whatever. At that point, you would then have the option to reach out and touch hands if you wanted to do so. Remember, stay safe. Don't let the person get an advantage on you by overextending um, or waiting for them to bump hands or touch hands in some way if they're clearly not going to. And then once you have done so, immediately bring that arm back and start the match. You know, start looking for your grips, start looking to take that angle, start looking for the takedown or pull guard or sit down or whatever it is you like to do. And then once the match is over, then you are generally going to be brought back to the ref and he's going to place you in that same way you were standing before when you first started. He's going to raise the hand to whoever won, usually turn you around so that the crowd on the opposite side of the mats can see raise the hand again for them and then at that point you're going to shake hands with your opponent shake hands with the ref and if you really want bonus points uh, shake hands with your opponent's coach and if you don't know who that is just ask your opponent um, on your way off the mats hey who's your coach they'll point you over to him go shake his hand say thank you again not all of this is going to be necessary you can determine kind of what level of that you would like to live up to <laughs> but talk it over with your coach beforehand kind of ask them you know what the expectation is that they have of you you know how you should behave yourself or how you should present yourself what you should do uh, see what they think about all that make sure it's in line with uh, their thoughts and then of course you have the final say in how you act how you conduct yourself um, but I said it before sell it again uh, don't be a dick <laughs> so <laughs> with that uh, episode's over thanks for listening this concludes our podcast but i appreciate you sticking around for the whole episode i hope you enjoyed yourself and please leave a review or send me a message to let me know what you thought in order to make ends meet i do sell ad space on the website i also promote affiliate links to products that i think are worth endorsing and accept donations through patreon if you ever want to contribute your support is greatly appreciated but don't feel pressured to give anything that you can't afford to anyone ever until next time tap early train often and most importantly have fun